2023. Oh my god, we're almost there, Chris. We're almost there. I know. Like a <laughs> racing towards the finish line. <laughs> I know. Well, it is Avalon. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, as Bruce just said, welcome to the commentary for Genesis Avalon, episode 23. I am your host, Catherine Pride. I am the stoofer of the show, as in I do the directing, I do the writing, and I used to do the acting, and then I killed myself off, which is a lot of fun, by the way. You should try it sometime. Only not in real life, because that's dangerous. Anyway, with me today is uh, Chris Britton, my uh, editor and main villain, and just basically made of awesome. Hello. Um, I'm not on quite as much speed as you today, I think. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I am a little... Uh, I'll get caught up, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun. So anyway, yes, here we are at uh, the beginning of episode 23. For those of you who have not listened to the episode already, because sometimes that happens, please hit stop. Go listen to the actual episode. You're going to want to listen to it. It is chock full of craziness. This That's is all really all I, I, it's all I can think of is craziness. Yep, it is. It is definitely a craziness episode. Yeah, a good penultimate season episode. Yes, I agree. I like that word. <laughs> Me too. Something I realised recently is that the word for the episode before the penultimate is the anti-penultimate episode. Anti-penultimate. Yeah, that's good to know. I'm going to remember that. For yeah. Huge... Anyway, where are we kicking off with Cat? No, Knox and Avalon are. Fighting through the skies of the city, which is awesome because the cover for episode 22 was them fighting through the skies of the city. Um, and now we're continuing where they left off because the nice, I liked episode 22 because it's kind of like that's what's going on the whole episode, but you kind of don't see much of it. It's like happening over the skies over everybody else while they're having reactions. And so you kind of come back in here where, where Nox just really gets under Jaina's skin. And, and Jaina's, the, the rage virus that Jaina's been infected with, she just can't control anymore. So, lots of fun. This is really fun to direct because I was directing a fight in the air. I know, so I think it's the first you know, one, hasn't it? Um, well, there was, there was like a momentary end of episode 22 in the air like that, but this yeah. is the first time I've ever done a fight from start to finish that goes from the air to the ground. And then... um. Without giving too many spoilers away, that happens again in 24. So, uh, <laughs> 24 is a little different, though. 24 is cool. Um, but this was this was really fun to do. I brought to mind sort of um, Mr. Smith versus Neo in the Matrix Revolutions. I'm okay with that, surprisingly enough. <laughs> uh, once again, you're... So basically, basically, you're comparing this to an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pr pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I, I, ne I never actually watched Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I, okay, you did I, I got a lot of the I got a lot of the porn of it foisted on me by various people <laughs> in high school who were writing it at the time. Uh, like, what do you think of this? I was like, I don't care. These, I don't know who these characters are. Anyway, slight slight aside there. I love this. I just love this scene. Like that's the whole thing worked out really well. It did. Um, Laura is is fantastic at doing like damaged sounds. She is. That's why I I I will I will honestly say that is part of the reason why Jaina gets beat up as much as she does in the show is because I love making Laura do fight walla and injury walla. <laughs> so much fun. She's just really good at it. Like you know, it's just I. She's one of those actors that I'm like I'm going to use this because you're very good at it. So expect to do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you sure do put her through some hell in this and I uh, do. this episode. Yeah, especially this episode. 
She plummets to the ground. Poor Gina. I'm mean to my character. Ah, well, it'll be fine in the end, probably. Probably, maybe. Oh, maybe they're all not, gone. Not in this episode. No. I mean, obviously not in this episode, because it ends pretty badly here. It was really cool to finally do the scene that, like, I had been leading up to for almost a year. Like, the lead-up to Excalibur takes so long, but I, I would like to think it's a pretty cool payoff. Yeah, I think it is. And, it, yes, it has been a long lead-up, but I think it is worth it to actually get there in the end and, and see what everything has, has been about. Yeah, um, and it doesn't, like, it, and it doesn't, like, happen in the kind of traditional sense of, like, I don't know, Lady of the Lake has the sword and then King Arthur magically shows up. No, she has the sword and then it's stolen from her. And then I open up a whole can of bad stuff. It's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Who needs King Arthur? We've got the Lady of the Lake. Exactly. Nice piece of music here. I uh, this piece of music and the one right after it have been picked for this for the for, for the Lady of the Lake and for Excalibur for like over two years now. I mean <laughs> I've had those I've had those songs ready. Like Excalibur's music is in fact the music you're gonna hear every time Excalibur shows up, which not like well not every time, but there's important times that that's Excalibur's theme. I love the trumpets in it too. It's just really cool. Very regal. It is very regal. Very apt. Yeah. I just love this. I'm like I'm listening, so I'm like totally into it now. <laughs> yes, we shouldn't do that. I know. Um, Dude, not to. I forget that I mix things sometimes. What's your sonic boom sound effect? I like that. This one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the boom. Um. I can't remember what it's called. It's I pulled it's some it's some part of my magic collection. Okay. And it's like it's like magic light blast or something. Really cool. Mm. It's like a, it's that plus a, a small explosion. So it kind of just it radiates out. Cool. Oh, this, I just got a shiver right here. God, I love hearing her as the full-on Lady of the Lake. It's really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Since her voice has changed now. I mean, it's it's different. Yeah, I see it's just sort of like green and translucent and with like every, everything dark, like really accentuated to pure black and everything else kind of a lakey water green. I don't know if that's what it's like in your head. Oh, I'm not going to say what it's like in my head. I'm just going to, I'm going to let the audience filter the one that's in your head right now because it's cool. I like that image. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love letting people, you know, think of what they want. For I love giving them the opportunity to kind of imagine stuff. So that's cool. Well, this is the bonus, of course, with audio drama. Yes. I'll be back, Avalon. Next time, I'll kill Also, there was like a mythology dump in there while you guys while we were talking. We were talking right over it. I know how rude. Where the Lady of the Lake is very aware of other gods because she knows enough about the Egyptian pantheon to basically threaten Nox with having her soul devoured. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> no, no, no. As I've said before, I think the info dumps and the, are when they you know, you the way you weave them into the dialogue makes it a mm -hmm. lot more interesting than a character coming on and going, Hold on a second, here is what I must tell you. <laughs> yeah. For it all to make sense. Everyone sit down, pick up yes, your pens and make notes. 
this is not an Agatha Christie novel where I bring in a character at the very last minute who just gives you that one piece of information that if you'd known that at the beginning of the novel, you would have solved the crime. Absolutely. Mrs. Bennet always loved top hats. Oh. <laughs> kind of Jennifer, o- J- Jane Austen crossed with Agatha Christie there. Oh, yeah. And then a wolf jumps up and knocks her the hell off the building. Yep. Which, for anyone who... Because I, I heard a lot of love for the trailer last month, which is of the helicopter overhead watching this happen. That's what you're hearing, is is the reason why the newsacre flips out is suddenly because a woman goes plummeting towards the ground. So, now you guys know why they were freaking out. That's cool. I must admit, I, I rarely hear the trailers, because obviously I get the mix down of your episodes before you put the trailer yeah. on the end. So, I know, so d- here's my total ignorance. Do your trailers, are they from the script, or are they written separately? Oh, I, re- I write them separately. Right, okay. So if they, if, they, if they are actually taking place during an event in the episode, it's something that w- isn't in the episode. For example, there is a trailer for next season that has uh, Dr. Spencer in it, actually. But um, but it's not in the actual script of the show at all. But it makes it, it falls right in that time frame. Sometimes I, I do. I think I'm going to have to go, well, either get you to send them to me or go back and listen to all the trailers because I've clearly missed out on this aspect. <laughs> yeah, I've started doing it. I don't do it all the time, but I've started doing it with some of them. Cool. Like the trailer that's attached to the end of this episode is very uh, kind of in the middle of everything else. Because for those of you who have already listened to the episode, you've also heard the trailer. And the trailer is Lilith and Asara in the afterlife talking to each other. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's taking place during the f- not not this episode, but next episode. It's taking place during next episode. Okay. Poor Lady of the Lake. I like the smooshy sound that I made when she hit the ground. That's so mean of me! <laughs> <laughs> but that one is, that one's actually the sound of a paratrooper. Not having their uh, parachute not deploy. Really brilliant. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm so bad. We're just like, yay! Death and anger and ang- angst and anguish. Awesome. I love my show. Well, if everything was happy, it would be dull, as we've said many times in the past. We've said that we've, I think we have to at this point. We have to make it a mantra, or people will hate us. Yeah. If everything was happy, it would be dull. Just, just get over it and carry on. <laughs> just go with it. Go with it. Go with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris Hackney in his deepest. Oh my god, when he goes and that wolf took it, I get a shiver. Because he's just, like, unrighteously angry at what happened. He can't even, like, express his anger. Yeah. Which I can't blame him! I mean, come on, folks. We all know what's going on here. Just saying. We all know that Noir and Natalie are BFS, if nothing else. Well, no, they are. They're BFFs. No, they are, and I think they've had a lovely relationship build-up, especially with the uh, death of Z in the middle of it as as, as well. Um, Because Noir Noir kind of been attached to Z in some ways. Yeah. And him becoming human, I think, has been interesting, too, because Natalie's been kind of trying to, you know, she, when she saw that he was human, she was just kind of accepting it and was like, oh, okay, now he's a dude now. And then he turned into a cat for the first time. She was like, what? You really are noir still. Ah! Like, <laughs> freaked you out a little there. <laughs> I love Adel Wolfa. I love having Megan on the show. She's so great. Yep, she is awesome, and all this stuff between her and Sekhmet is very, very creepy. Uh huh. 
And it's one of those moments where the whole audience is going, No, Adam Wolfa, don't! No! Because <laughs> the whole audience knows what she's doing. But poor, poor Adam Wolfa Adolfa has no idea. Yeah. She just thinks she stole some relic. Mistake. Oh, yeah. It's one of those moments where you go, oh, no, this is going to come back to bite everybody in the butt, isn't it? There's more Kevin McLeod in the background here. Yes, it is, actually. Yes. It's one of his very kind of just horror spooks. Well, they're great. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know you've started dipping into Zero Project as well. Yeah, but and then... And I have and I have stuff by Chad Salvada, who is the, the, the playwright in Austin that Mindy Rast introduced me to. And he gives me his, his scores to use, but I don't I, I don't use them as often. They're pretty specific. I know exactly what scenes they're for and what uh, what characters they're for. It is so. lovely when you find that, isn't it? When you find a piece of music yeah. and you think that's that's yeah. it. And it can sometimes it can be like ten episodes in the future and you think, God, I can't use this for a year. Um, but you know if you use it too early then it yep, won't be it won't yep. be right. Yeah. So in case anyone's curious, um, the 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 the, the when when you can tell that there's a change in the hands of who has Excalibur because when Natalie pulls Excalibur, it glistens. You can hear it she, like the sheen. When Sekhmet pulls it, you suddenly hear like these otherworldly voices crying out in pain, like the sword knows it's changed hands. That's cool. So. I thought that was fun to do. And then she she just blasts out a wolf with a blast from the sword. And runs away with it. <laughs> tee hee hee bye. Pretty much. Pretty much. Tee hee hee bye indeed. <laughs> that should have been the line in the script. <laughs> oh, poor Sam. Lovely little love, dog sounds there. Yeah, I love his puppy sounds. Yeah. It's a golden, it's a golden tree, golden retriever. <laughs> I love Adam Wolf. She's like, she's one of my more fun sarcastic characters. She's like, that was a nice. I'm gonna have a headache. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what type of dog is Sam? He is a um a, a golden retriever. Okay. He's a puppy, so he's in his puppy stage. He's about a year old, so he's kind of big, but he's uh he's still in puppy stage. That's kind of hilarious. I did it on purpose. Yes. Because originally he was going to be a bulldog. <laughs> so that I can make the British Terrier jokes. That's the also British bulldog jokes. But then David Alt got all uppity and was like, no, I have to be an attractive dog, a pretty dog. Oh, <laughs> like, dear. Oh, oh David's ego. Sam. Because it's Sam. Well, no, well, to be fair, he was saying it in Sam's voice. So it was really Sam saying that he, he was too gorgeous to be a bulldog. I'm so it's have fine, to... and I made him a puppy. <laughs> I'm going to have words with him about that. <laughs> Deary me. Isn't that funny, though? <laughs> Get out of here. Some of us are in the show, we know we're ugly, and it's fine. Uh, you're ugly because you're evil. Okay. Moi, and if you will, ha-ha. <laughs> and then they run away. Is that actually <laughs> dog running sound effects? Uh-huh, yep. Cool. The dog, it's a dog running on um, grass. So, and I kind of use it for everything. Like, it doesn't matter what surface they're on. Most often, I imagine that they're always, if, if, 
If Atawulfa is in wolf form or Sam is in dog form, I imagine one of them's on the sidewalk, the other one's right next to them on the grass or the dirt. Yeah, and that's kind of fine. I mean, you know, some with footsteps, obviously with human footsteps, you do want to try and differentiate yeah. that sort of texture walking. With a dog, nah, you know, Hard. it's a dog. A dog walking on concrete, I don't think makes any noise. Oh, this scene! <laughs> Sorry, folks, this is the scene that I know probably made a lot of you go, What the fuck? What the What? What just happened? I know, it's awesome. Maybe a little. There has been, uh, yeah, well, I think it's a very interesting direction. Mm-hmm. Without spoiling. Yeah, those do <laughs> It gets better, folks, it gets better. <laughs> No, don't go. Stay on the phone. Oh, well. Never mind. But it's lovely to have Chris back as Lilith. Yes, it is. Nice to have Lilith back around. She's fun. I love the way this scene works, too. Yeah, that's very creepy. The laugh, I think, is what gets me. Because it, it swirls around your head, and you're just like, ah! creeped out now I have a shiver. Did you do that manually with the yeah, panning I round? Yeah, I did all the panning manually, yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah, and I like the, and, and that, that piece of music that's underneath it, that's one of those chads on a lot of pieces that I was telling you about. Like, I've had that one picked out for this exact moment for months. Oh, cool. That is from his Vampirish show, which is uh, about Elizabeth Bathory. Yes, I think I have that. I think uh, Minley sent me that soundtrack as well. Yeah, she should have, yeah. Yeah, it's on my uh, computer. I haven't had a chance to really go through it properly yet. Evan! Welcome back, Evan Spencer, for all of, like, three lines. Um, (laughs) I'm working on it, Mark. Give me some time. Um, But yes, this is is more of the welcome back of uh, Mark Allen Jr. as Evan Spencer, because apparently in my show, if I kill you off too early and I realize you're a really good actor... I might just write you into somebody else, which is pretty much what I did here. <laughs> but also because I, when I cast Marcus as Martin, I was looking for someone to fill in, and I just needed a quick voice for a couple of episodes, and I wanted them to be distinct and, and somebody who was good. So I let Mark kind of do what he wanted with the character when we were doing the redos of everything. But he was still going to be gone after episode five. Well, by the time we were mixing, by the time I was, you know, redoing episode five, I already knew I was writing him in again. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to figure out how. And then I was like, I really like, and I I had a random doctor character. And then I was like, you know, actually, I think Mark would be really good for this role. And I started playing it up more and and writing him in more. And I, he's important. So I'm really glad that I got to bring him in as early as I did. Because I wasn't planning on bringing him in quite so early. It is nice when you have a role and you know there's someone who has the voice exactly that fit, is going to be able to fit it and yeah. the personality that can fit it as well. Yeah, yeah. Of course, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, you've heard, you've seen all the jokes about Evan's ability to heal trees. That's such a long story, but you should go check out his daily blab, which is daily blab, <laughs> two bees, I've been told. Um, <laughs> I've gotten yelled at. It's so funny, though, because now he's in, you know, now he's in the show, 
and he's a huge fan of the show, so he hates being spoiled. But, you know, I always put him in, like, scenes where, oh, look, spoilers. Like, they're right there. It's hard for you to ignore them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things you've got to give up when you act in these things. Yeah. Is, um, I know some people, like, just, like, go through and read, like, their lines. And that's all he does. He reads, like, them. only the scenes that he's in, and sometimes he accidentally sees okay. stuff before or after it. And he's like, no! <laughs> so I'm too impatient. Well, I edit this show anyway, but, you know, with other stuff, I'm too impatient. Like, no, read the whole yeah. script. What happened? Oh, I know. I love reading the scripts. But I guess. Oh, this scene. Tanya? Tanya? Hey, you, you alright? Yeah, this scene. Mm -hmm. There's really no words for it other than this scene. No, poor Tanya. After everything as well. Yeah. Things are going to get worse before they get better. This is indeed yeah. Your Empire Strikes Back. It really is. It's my season of the darkest of the dark. And then, you know, things will start to ramp up next season and you'll see stuff happen. But yeah. this is really the darkest of the dark. I feel so bad for him, though. This is actually the first time that you really, I, in my opinion, you, would, you were supposed to feel bad for Julian. No, well, I was just about to say that. That's he realizes yeah. he was going to apologize for everything he did wrong. Yeah, I think you get yeah. that, that that Julian recovers from his douche master phase. Um, yeah. From here a little. From yeah. That's like the best ad lib from Richard Casto ever. You're stupid. It's not looking. Oh, it's, you're, you're, it's, you're looking for something. It's not snooping. My boyfriend Richard Casto. He doesn't know he's my boyfriend. <laughs> he doesn't um, know. <laughs> no, I should. He knows now. <laughs> well, yeah, Richard. You, 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 yeah, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Let's go on a date. It'd be cool. <laughs> Richard of the many voices, the many, yeah. many sexy voices. And I got to give him credit. This is a really, this is not an easy scene to do because he's talking to himself the entire time. Absolutely. Great job with it. And you can just see him flipping through pages, getting more and more panicked as he realizes that Carrie just left town. Or not left town, but she left the building, and she's now on her own out in the streets, where there's just there's plague and Knox and Avalon are blowing stuff up, and it's horrible out there. And she left to go to, to go report on stuff, and she's been writing about Knox and all the time. So yeah. Also, what an excellent oh my god there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, like, yeah. I know I shouldn't do an American accent. I know it's terrible for everyone involved, but uh... I, I feel a little violated now. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, <laughs> it's okay. This is another nice scene because I liked getting a chance to actually open up about this character. Because um, Olivia is one of those characters that I always knew what I wanted to do with her in the scope of this story. Mm. And I knew some major details about her life. But as I think I mentioned the last time she showed up in episode 21, or 20, 22, when I when we introduced her officially, and I was telling you on the commentary, there's a lot about her I just don't know yet. Because the story's not technically about her. So I'm kind of still feeling aspects of her character out, which is a really fun process. It's a really nice, fun process. I'm glad I'm getting to do it. That is cool. I, w I would love to talk more about Adderwolf because obviously I, I know what, where this all goes. And yeah, I agree with you. I think she's a fascinating character. Yeah. And that's really all I'm going to say. That's 
<clears throat> That's fine. We'll talk about it more later. We will. Also, yeah. I just I just changed my microphone settings, so I probably sound way better now. <laughs> you, you do sound totally different. Yeah, so sorry about that, folks. <laughs> it's like you've entered the room with me. Of course, we are exactly. in the same room recording these things. Let's not spoil the illusion. Yeah, no, we are totally independent studios, folks. Yes, I, exactly I fly are. across there every few months. No, no, you teleport. There's a difference. I teleport, yes. You teleport. borrow the Defiance transporters <laughs> yes that's how it works or or indeed robin's teleporting ability does he still have that i don't remember oh um, no he hasn't he hasn't had he never had a teleporting ability he had a shield ability but it wasn't a teleporting wasn't ability. it now see so what do i know no cassie um, portals oh right i'll have some of those they'll they'll do me yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> see this is why i shouldn't have had a glass of wine before starting exactly. Like, on an empty stomach, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a bit in the script here, and I'm not sure if we just passed the line or not, um, where Adawarfa talks about a bloodwed. Um, yes. Give me some information, because I know nothing. Okay, for those who know Celtic mythology, you probably have heard of bloodwed. Um, I'm not going to give the... I'm going to give sort of a really light rundown, because I don't remember all of her myth right off the top of my head. But essentially, uh, bloodwed was created, I want to say, by Merlin to be the perfect woman for an, uh, the perfect wife for a man. And he loved her, but she was easily distracted. And basically it was kind of a very Pandora's box kind of thing of Merlin going careful what you wish for. I told you I'd make you the perfect woman. I didn't say she'd love you. And then she falls in love with someone else. And in punishment, um, she is turned into an owl so that, her doughy eyes are all you ever see and she is forced to live at night where no one can see her beauty. So that's the story behind Bloodwed turning into an owl and how, you know, how Celtic mythology, you know, how the Celtic people have owls. Um, that's the Bloodwed that I mentioned. That is in fact that owl. Okay, cool. She is an actual, she's an actual figure from Celtic mythos being used by a goddess as a messenger. So, Understood. I mean, I think, yes, the idea of a man trying to create a, per create a perfect woman sounds like a terrible idea to me. <laughs> but it also sounds that, rather mythology. I mean, you know, yeah, but I might not be, you know, 100%. I didn't look it up right off the top of my head. Oh, Nobody no. Nobody shoot me, you know. That sounds about right. Curious of the Mabinogian, do not write me letters. I won't read them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, but, <laughs> but no, but yes, but no. <laughs> it does. It does sound about right for any kind of religion background, though. Yeah. Let's create ourselves a perfect woman, and then she can be a virgin yet be amazing in bed. Well, hang on. And fall in love with someone who isn't you. <laughs> yes, fall in love with anyone that I wish for. I am man, and I have penis, um, etc. <laughs> Focus. Come back here. Chris. What? Sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, hello. Right out, you're like way over there in left field. <laughs> it's where I'm happy. I know. My happy place. <laughs> What's going on in the show, anyway? <laughs> well, at the moment, Jaina and Noir are fighting. Hey. And it's like I think it's, and really I think this is like the first moment that Jaina realizes that Noir feels something deeper for Natalie than than she ever thought that was the case because he's really upset about this. Noir and Natalie. And he tells her, you know, it's the closest person he has. It's all sweet and sad. Desire to hug Chris Hackney growing stronger. <laughs> it's already a pretty strong urge. 
merge. I really liked doing this scene too. This wasn't going to be quite as. Um, it uses the theme I like for them. One of my two. One of my two uh, Avalon Exodus themes. Oh yeah, who's this by? This one's Kevin McLeod. Ah. It's also the one that was played when he was shot with the arrow. Okay, yes, I I do yeah. vaguely recall. Ah, oh, voicemail. Yeah, such a bastard. The, the eternal <laughs> pain in the ass. Yes. I love this though. She's like, okay, I made a message, and it was a really crappy message, and then she calls him back. <laughs> I th I thought I made. Try it again. <laughs> Thought I maybe heard you trying to pick up the phone then? Yeah? <laughs> no? No? Maybe not? Okay. Oh, hello? Yeah. No. I like how she, like, info dumps on him, too. Like, the first voicemail is, like, totally nothing. No information. Second voicemail is, like... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> But you guys didn't see this one coming. No, abs well, absolutely not. And well, we kind of talked over it happening when she first showed up. We sort of talked over it, but yeah. Yes, and uh, Marley ad-libbing to the extreme. She did. I love her ad-libs because she just knows that character so well. But this welcomes back Marley Norton for a brief stint as uh, the ghost of Z Lewis. Um, so it's nice to hear Z again, and I like. I really like this scene. So is the reason that she is a ghost rather than moved on to the next plane of existence? I can't say anything. <laughs> That's actually very spoilerific. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I haven't got to that yet, even actually, in the editing. Actually, if people listen close enough to the show, you know the reason why already. Okay. But don't tell anybody if you know. Like, don't spoil it for anybody else. Let them figure it out. Unless they ask you directly. But don't do it on the list. No. <laughs> also, I have you to thank for this uh, special effect on her voice. I took the, uh, what you did for, um, I want to say the figure in black. It is the, one the figure you, in black, yeah, the reverse echo. Yeah, where you echo. reverse it, echo it, and then flip it back. And I did that with her, but I also did like a half phone filter. So it kind of sounds like the reason why she sounds like she isn't half, you know, she's only half there is because she's transparent. She's kind of very like, those of you who've written the Hollywood Tower of Terror at Disney, which is a lot of you, yes, kind I, of I, imagine the fact that these people are like TV staticky. That's kind of how Z looks right now. You're going through the scary door. Yes, I haven't read the Hollywood one. I've read the I've read the I wrote the Florida one. Um, well, it's the same. I mean, it's the same, same ride. ride. Same yeah, story. yeah. Um, interestingly, that's a nice full circle that you've used this for D because I nicked the idea of doing a reverse echo from a Channel Four, which is a UK channel um, adaptation of the story of Merlin. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, I must send it to you because it's amazing. Is and this the one that said Sam Neill that we were talking Sam about? Sam Neill, yes, Sam yeah, Neill. Yeah, I own it. We were talking about this like two months ago. Oh, well. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, anyway, we, yeah. Both, we both like it. <laughs> that, that's where I nicked, I nicked the voice from the voice Aww. of the Lady of the Lake in that because they used oh, the reverse cool. echo on hair. So, yeah. Suspending. That's cool. Wow. That's okay, suspending. Full circle of special effects. That's pretty awesome. Okay. 
I really like the music I'm using in the background here, too, because, like, I never get to do that very kind of oh kind of music. Like, you know, the very, it's Stonehenge kind of, or, you know, the cathedral kind of music. I rarely ever get to use that because so much of the episode takes place in action cityscapes. Yeah. Um, but it's really nice to be able to use this kind of traditional sort of choir of unearthly, like, I almost sort of be like, they're in the Temple of Time! It's Zelda! Like, if that's where my brain went. <laughs> you big happy. nerd. The only thing that could have been cooler is if it actually went do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't I you? I know, right? <laughs> Oh, poor Sam. I know. Oh, you have so many wires crossed, baby. You don't even know it. <laughs> You're not even in the right body. I know. I love poor Olivia, though, because she clearly, like, showed up with, like, a big old, like, bag of somebody's Chinese food that she totally stole from the restaurant downstairs. Absolutely. I now really want stolen Chinese food. <laughs> but not, not bought Chinese, stolen Chinese food. To be fair, I'll, I'll, I'll go for either. bought. But stolen. Yeah. Oh, okay. stolen. Now you want Chinese food. Yeah, I know one Chinese food, I know. I'm allowed Chinese food. Fuck. Oh, well. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. No, no, never mind. Okay, I'm not going to bleep it out anyway. No, I know, um, because we can't be asked. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got to the end of the episode. Which, I think this yeah. is actually the longest episode to date, though, in the show. I think this one's the longest. It um, might be... 25 might be longer, but I think I think this one so far is the longest. Yeah, I mean, I can spoilerifically reveal that, oh boy, do they get longer once we hit season three. Yeah, but that's also because there's a lot going on in season three, but that's okay. <laughs> I have to get there first. I'm still mixing 26. <laughs> so anyway, folks, um, thank you for listening to this awesome commentary for Genesis Avalon 23. Yes, it was awesome. So, if you would like to get a hold of me to tell me what you think of the episode, you can follow me um, at, on Twitter at, at Genesis Avalon. You can shoot me an email at kat at pendantaudio.com. You could join the mailing list at groups.yahoo.com slash groups slash pendant. Or you can leave us a comment on the actual website, pendantaudio.com slash faq.php, and then just go on down to the comment section. Um, if you would like to get a hold of Chris, because you might have listened to his his show, The Line, um, or you might want to talk to him about how sexy Obsidian is. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at... Go ahead, Chris. Uh, you can find me at The Line Boy on Twitter. Yes. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm all over the, the internet, but The he Line Boy He is all over the internet. You can yeah. pretty much find him. Um, but yeah, so that's about it. If you got this through iTunes, go ahead and uh, let us know on the iTunes page um, what you think. Uh, anyway... So thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next month. Au revoir. Goodbye.